You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Also brought to you by Manscaped.com as well as CoolHockey.com slash THPN. Figured I'd get all of those out of the way really quickly because I feel like my co-host, Nick Horwat. I've had time to stew. He's had time to stew on this. I don't know if it's calmed him down or riled him up. So let me just ask you first and foremost, how's it going over there, buddy? Okay, so today is an okay day. I mean, the house, or I should say the basement of Megan and I, whenever the Penguins lost and then the Leafs were down 3 to nothing, things weren't looking good. It was going to be a quiet weekend. Was it pretty tense, I'm guessing? Oh, I made a tweet saying... Uh, you know, saying that it's a sad day or whatever for us. And then literally 30 seconds later, I looked at the timestamp of the score. 30 seconds later, <laughs> the Leafs began their comeback, and that game was in- incredible to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about because, by God, the Penguins have disappointed us again. Uh, yeah, it's back-to-back years of, I guess technically you can say first-round exits. This year, technically, they didn't make it to the first round, but we'll, we'll for the purposes of this show, we'll call it a yeah. first-round exit for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They fell to the Montreal Canadiens in four games, including a 2 to nothing Game 4 loss on Sidney Crosby's birthday. We'll get into all of that to lead off the show, but just a quick look at what's coming up a little bit later in the show after we talk about the Pens-Hab series. We're going to take a quick look at the offseason, obviously not get too in-depth today because... Well, we have a while to get in-depth on the Pittsburgh Penguins offseason, so we'll do that in the coming weeks. Today, we're just going to give a quick overview of what we believe we're going to see and what we could see, and actually, this week, and actually, tonight, a little yeah. look at what we could be seeing. Also, a little bit later, we're going to discuss the Stanley Cup playoffs, even though the Pittsburgh Penguins are not in it. We're going to discuss who we think should go far in this tournament based on what we've seen so far, and also who we might be pulling for in this tournament and then a little, of course a little bit later we're going to finish it off with our weekly pens poll which is nhl bubble related not penguins related this week so pretty pretty good on that one maybe i saw the future a little bit and our shout outs and call outs which again we'll probably get just about as heated as our first segment so with all that being said let's get into that first segment horwat overall what what are your feelings right now being a fan of the Pittsburgh Penguins and what you saw happen in the past week. My main feeling right now is that I am depressed that I won't have like those knee jerk reactions to goals that like the, did you see the Justin Bieber video of him reacting to Zach Hyman's goal? Yeah. I saw that in the media. It's like, that's what I'm going to miss the most is that quick heart stopping moment of something huge is happening for your team. We haven't had anything like it since the Flyers series. That's the last time I felt really into something. But, I mean, that's just the feeling I'm getting the most. As for the team and as for the play, I mean, I'm not going to say we didn't try. If Genny Malkin had 21 shots, which, by the way, holy shit, 21 shots in four games, is, it's a it's a wonder none of those went in, I think. I think downfall, honestly, was our defense because Murray didn't play bad. Mm-hmm. Could have played better in game three, yes. 
they all could have though um and jari obviously played better in game four and as for the rest of the team i mean i read yoey's you know player by player grades and i agreed with a lot of them um but like i said malkin's 21 shots if you're gonna put sam lafferty in the lineup play him for more than seven minutes by god (laughs) jack johnson we could make a whole effing discussion about that i'm sure we'll get into jack johnson yes I have a whole rundown ready for all that, but I guess my current feelings is just I'm sad we won't get that whole reaction type deal anymore. And imagine if we just didn't lose three straight in California. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could always play the what if game, but if you don't lose those three games, you're probably in the round robin. I mean, we are, we we would be. We were three points behind Philly. <laughs> I mean, not to all you had to do was win two of those three games against two exactly. teams that didn't make it to the 2014 playoff. But I mean, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, I'd be really fat. So realistically, I mean, conversely from what you were saying, no, we don't get the knee jerk Justin Bieber reactions anymore throughout this playoffs. I'm going to enjoy watching the playoffs. I know we're going to get into the rest of the teams that are the 16, I guess that are still alive a little bit later in the show. But conversely, while we're not getting the knee jerk reactions, we're also not getting the heart dropping goals that have been let in. Like we don't have that feeling of, oh, they just were so close and they just zero zero game. And they just all decided to look at the one guy carrying the puck and not the other guy right in front of the net. And now mm-hmm. let's be fair. They wouldn't have been in that position if Brandon Tanev wouldn't have had a horrendous Oof. turnover at the beginning of that play. I mean, that was, you can't just throw it to the middle of the ice in your own zone. And unfortunately he had a decent series, but that, yeah, that was his, that was, awesome. that was his first, his first big mistake, the entire series. And it cost them the entire thing. It was just a bad timed, huge mistake. I mean, you can make huge mistakes and you can rebuild after, but you can't make a mistake with four minutes left in the series. In a 0-0 game, too, with Carey Price on the other side, as soon as they scored that goal, I'm pretty sure everybody that was watching that game had to know, Carey Price is not giving up a goal. This is not Jonas Corposalo, Elvis Mares Lincolns. This isn't Freddie Anderson and Toronto's helter-skelter defense. This is Carey Price. He's not going to give that goal up, and we all had to really know that. And realistically, throughout that game, you had that feeling. It did not seem like the Penguins... Except for a couple of post shots, which honestly, kind of crazy post shots that didn't really seem dangerous in the first place. But other than those shots, it never seemed like the Penguins were close to scoring, did it? No, no. The, the last game was horrible, honestly. I mean, other than, like you mentioned, the few posts that we hit. I mean, both sides were just playing a stop and go game. There was no fly in, get your shot off, set up, get more shots. It was all just neutral zone stuff like the whole it was the fewest shots out of any out of any game because from what i remember i think every game like the first three each team had at least 30 shots this was the first one to go under 20 or under 30 it was like 22 to like 24 it wasn't even over 25 a brutally defensively minded game that yeah it, it was carrie price's cup of tea he's not getting a lot of shots and he's gonna make the easy ones that he's getting Yeah, and that lends itself to the overall kind of storyline of the series, and that was goaltending was massive in this series. And realistically, you look at Montreal, yes, you had Carey Price, and he did Carey Price things. In Game 4, he wasn't asked to be spectacular Carey Price, but he was in Games 1 and 2 for sure. A little bit in Game 3, not as much, but 
He played, as you can expect, a good carry price to play. He played as good as somebody that should be making $10 million in the playoffs. Now, on our side of the things, there's going to be a lot of decisions to be made. We're not going to really get into the Murray versus Jari debate as far as who to re-sign, who to trade. If you can re-sign both, what do you do? We'll get into that on a 3M segment yeah. a couple weeks down the road. That's that's a off-season thing. Exactly. For Carey Price, real quick, though, I mean, yeah, the rundown is he stole game one. Yes. Let's say that. He stole game one. We won game two, so he didn't win game two. And then we just shot ourselves in the foot game three. And then game four, nothing happened. That's the way that series went because Carey Price was great, yes, in one game. Mm-hmm. He was still good in the other games because he is still Carey Price, but he wasn't the same game-stealing Carey Price. Now, Also, that Teddy Bluger goal was the last goal we scored this season. Yeah, yeah, how about that, that, that for a fact? in. Teddy Bluger was the last Penguins player to score in the 2019-20 season. Wow. And it wasn't even like a good goal. He just no, crashed the net. No, it was terrible. Dirty goal, and that's fine. That's what you need to do, and that's what they needed to do more of, especially in Game 4. Now, the goaltending from the Penguins' perspective, Matt Murray gets to start in the first three games. Did a really good job, and we mentioned it on the Pens pregame show on Facebook Live on Friday. The only reason that he was really pulled was to hope to spark something in that forward lineup and the defensive lineup, something in the rest of the team to, hey, this is do or die. We need to spark something, and we trust Tristan Jari. Not that Murray was bad, but Jari's also a good option, so throw him in there. Now, Jari in Game 4, respectively, fairly good game. Like you mentioned, it was not really a high-flying, high-opportunity game, but Jari was solid. Good rebound control, really good at smothering the puck and eating up rebounds, and then also that big save on Gallagher in the third was the only reason Huge the thing was saves. had a chance in that last five minutes of play. And then, of course, on the goal, yeah, he's out of position a little bit, but he was out of position for the first time in his playoff career. And for the first time in that entire game, he was 55 minutes in and he had not been out of position yet. He'd been playing the puck well, and then he just makes one bad play. That's when you need your defense or somebody to help you out. And all he had was four guys standing around him, staring at the puck carrier, nobody looking at Atari Lekkonen, and that's what ends up happening. You you give up the game winning and the series clinching goal to mm-hmm. the Montreal Canadiens. So I mean, as far as goaltending is considered for the Penguins, it's a lot like last season. It wasn't spectacular. It wasn't series stopping, but it was what you need. You just needed help from the rest of the team. Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't the Kings Golden Knights series from. 2018 mm-hmm. where it was there were no goals yeah. it, but it also wasn't so much like last season it was more or less like last season where every game was kind of close mm-hmm. like every game was a one to two goal spread i mean you get johnson and schultz off the ice we're having a completely different conversation today yeah well let's get into that before we do that just one quick fact about the fact that they were all close games the montreal Canadiens won three games in this series of course they won them by a combined total of four goals that was the margin. In all three games, you add them together, they won by four goals, including one in overtime. Yep. So, I mean, if you take out the empty netter, it's three wins, three one-goal games. But let's get into that third D pairing. As far as the defense was concerned, there was only one player on the back end that actually stood out to me as making good defensive plays, and that was the youngest guy back there, and that was John Marino. Not mm-hmm. to say that he was spectacular, but he was one of the few players that actually made decent plays to me. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned it in- that he had a great game one. I think we talked about it on the last episode of this. He had a phenomenal game one. And I think we kind of saw John Marino that, you know, is aging a little more quickly. 
by he wasn't the you know the the joining the rush the um, dropping into the offensive zone. He was playing a stout defensive game, which is what you're supposed to do against. He needed a team to do like that Montreal. too because Pedersen yeah. was a little off. Yeah, because Pedersen was the one joining the rush and, dr- and dipping in a lot. So pinching. That's the word I couldn't think of. Yeah. John Marino wasn't doing. He was the one staying back, which is what you wanted to see, and it was a good thing for him. Yeah, he. I don't think he got any points, but that's fine. He played great defensively. Again, a defenseman playing his position. That's rare these days. <laughs> and it. I mean, that's what I think of as a think of in a defenseman is someone like him or Brian Dumoulin that are going to play their position and be stout defensively. But as for, you know, that third pairing, boy, let's say it, five goals and, you know, out there for five goals of the Canadiens' first seven in the entire series, horrendous. I mean, Schultz, I'm usually okay with, but he was just invisible for the most part this series. He was invisible to you. Hey, man, at least because yeah. all the focus is on Johnson every time. Listen, Johnson looked bad, but the only reason – listen, we'll get to this in our call-outs. Hell yeah. But Justin Schultz was the farthest thing from invisible to me. He was a baby deer on ice skates out there. Holy oh, so crap. was Connor Sherry, by the way. Yeah, Sherry, but that's nothing new. We expect Sherry to be on his ass 90% of the time. But Justin Schultz was absolutely, he could not skate, he could not pass, he could not defend, he couldn't do jack shit in nope. this series. He was awful. And the only reason that we had any hope of that third pairing doing anything is if Justin Schultz could just be a modicum of what he was in 2017. And guess what? He wasn't even a modicum of what Jack Johnson was in this series. I will <sighs> say it. Jack Johnson was a better defenseman for the Pittsburgh Penguins than Justin Schultz in this series. And I am praying to high heavens that Jim Rutherford shoots his whatever negotiation into the sun. Justin Schultz is a UFA. He should be gone. gone. You should not bring him back unless he says, you know what? I will pay you for the damages (sighs) I did to your franchise and to your team in the last playoffs. That's the only way I can see Justin Schultz's ass back in a Pittsburgh Penguins uniform. And trust me, I will look back on his career as a Penguin with rose-colored glasses. Yes, 2017, he's one of the big reasons we won the Cup. Yes, I have a t-shirt with him chugging a beer on Boulevard of the Allies. That's for the meme, though. Anyone could have done that. But other than that, since he shattered his ankle in Montreal in 2018, he has been useless to this team. That is my that's my soapbox rant about Justin Schultz. I'll let you you converse and talk a little bit about what you think about Johnson, but listen to me, Johnson had nothing on Schultz when it comes to shitting their pants in this series. Yeah, no, you get a call from Schultz's agent this summer, you put that shit on red. Like you're not even not giving it a second thought. He's gone. He has to be. There's no reason. As for Johnson, he's a loaf. <laughs> he is a loaf. That is it. That pair played more minutes than, even strength minutes, not just overall, even strength minutes than the second pairing did. What the fuck is that? <laughs> That's I don't usually try and pop off on this podcast, but damn it, what is that? How many times have we defended Mike Sullivan? Even up until the, the pregame show we did on Friday, we're still defending him. I will still defend him to this day because I think he's a great coach. That poor leash is a lot shorter like, today than it was on Friday, but I will yep, still poor, defend him. Poor decisions like that got to stop. And like I said, I mean, Sullivan's not going to be the one to fire him. We know Sullivan loves our defense. Or, Rutherford. Uh, Rutherford. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Rutherford. you're good. Keep going. Rutherford loves our defense. 
I, how much would a GoFundMe cost to buy out uh, Johnson's contract? <laughs> Whatever it is, I'm sure the great fans of the Pittsburgh Penguins <laughs> would definitely donate the money to buy out Jack Johnson. I, and after we say that, I'm sure Doug Gladkey's going to start one, and we'll, we'll probably have to donate at least a little bit to that. Just don't put our names on it. It wasn't my idea, I swear. <laughs> yeah, that's Amazing. true. I mean, but just... I mean, I'm going to roll out past defense now because, yes, our defense was horrible. The second oh, I, pairing, I, got, I got one more thing before we before we roll out past defense. Uh, first pairing, Dumoulin was not as good as he usually is. Latang yeah. play, had to only play defense in that sense. I'm fine with that. Listen, if Dumoulin is going to struggle, that's fine. Everybody has those series. Latang, I thought, did a good job in stepping up and playing defense. Latang was Latang. I mean, he made his mistakes that mm-hmm. were going to get highlighted, but nothing horrendous came from them. Yes. Now... The last thing I'll say about the defense, and we talked a little bit about Sullivan there, which is why I wanted to bring this up. The leash is shorter on him than it was on Friday to me. Yeah. To me, it's because he completely misplays and buries young talent on the blue line. Let's start with the fact that Yuso Rikula did not touch the ice in favor of Jack Johnson at all in this series. Okay, that's fine. You don't trust Rikula? That's that's okay. He's, he's unproven. Chad Ruweedle who, yes, is not quite young, but he's younger and better than Jack Johnson, yet still didn't touch the ice in this series whenever you're having a defensive issue. Okay, questionable. You know what's even more questionable? Six on five, you pull the goalie, and the other defenseman you put out there is... Justin... Ugh. Fucking Schultz. Schultz. Like, I, don't, I was trying to be PG there, but no, Justin fucking Schultz. He puts him out there, who, like I said baby deer on ice skates this entire series instead of who the future of your blue line and john marino he is a supposedly puck moving defenseman for your second pairing but instead you throw out the puck moving defenseman for your third pairing who hasn't been able to move the puck questionable decisions all around i'm sure there's going to be lots of people that get into it over the next what three four months before the next season starts but that, to me, was the biggest question mark, is how are you deploying your defense, and why do you continue to bury young defensemen like Ricola? And even Marino, who was in the lineup, you continue to bury him as well. That That's, that's again, I'm going off a little bit too much in this episode. I'll try to r- dial it back a little bit, but the de- defense is the big thing that bothered me. Oh, it's going to be a long episode, maybe. It's no big deal. I mean, the defense, like, like we said, the defense was horrendous. I mean, the offense did everything they could against Carey Price. I'd mentioned... 21 shots for Malkin. Crosby played great. He looked—he was one of the few that looked like they gave a shit about this series. <laughs> like, Crosby, Zucker, and Rust played were the only ones, I think, that I saw that really looked like they gave a damn. That they were out there scoring and being productive. They played. They were the only ones to really play with a real sense of urgency. The Tana Bluger, Zach Aston Reese line, not bad. Not, uh, not, not the greatest. They had their faults, obviously. Listen, they... The big thing for them this regular season that made everybody so excited about them is their possession game, their defensive mm-hmm. game, or as Jay Fresh, who came on and talked to us about it in episode 67, he said it's because they possess the puck in the offensive zone that also boosts their defense numbers because they're not in the defensive zone. Well, you look at this series, they didn't do that. They were in nope. the defensive zone a lot. And guess what? That's why they were on the ice for so many goals this series is because they continued to play in their own zone, play in their own zone, play in their own zone. And then, of course, as I mentioned earlier, Tanev, awful turnover, turns into a goal. They had trouble getting the puck out and getting through the forecheck 
of the Montreal Canadiens, and they were outplayed simply. And that's fine. You had a down series, but you have to be better if you want to win series, especially against a team that Montreal was saying everybody was disrespecting them. I didn't see many people disrespecting the Montreal Canadiens heading into the series. Did you? Not really. At least we didn't. No, I don't think so. I mean, I think every sort of, like, conversation we saw or had about this going into the series was... Uh, hey, it's not going to be an easy series. We got to do something more than just rely on offense and that line. Clearly, we didn't do that. We relied on our shitty defense and Crosby to carry the team. Don't Like I said, don't get me wrong. Crosby looked like he gave a shit. He really wanted to win every game. He always does. Zucker, I'm so glad Zucker's around for a little while. Also, Zucker, yep. I'm going to continuously Listen, get it wrong. Zucker I like Hooker, now. come on. State of Hoffy went over this. Well, that's just, you gotta, you gotta make that connection. I've been struggling too, but uh, that is exactly what I had down for one too as well. Mm-hmm. Before you keep going, just the fact that we get to watch Jason Zucker on this team for the next <laughs> at least two years, I'm very excited about that. And everybody listening should be too, because he he's a top six forward. He's one that we need. He has finish. He has grit. He has bigger shoulder than shoulders than Jake Gensel and Connor Sherry, and he can stay on his feet a little bit better than those two. He's going to be a lot for this Pittsburgh Penguins team. So sorry to cut you off. Continue. You're you're good because I can keep going. Like we like we mentioned, Connor Sherry, another name I'm always getting wrong. I we say people were invisible. Boy, he was visible, visibly on the ice, visibly laying on the ice at all times. <laughs> the first two games of this series. Connor Sherry played out of his mind good. Right. Game four was peak Connor Sherry. You know why? <laughs> I'd say. Well, we're going to take... You've, you've played so well in the first three games, Connor. We're going to put you on the third line because we need scoring help. Guess what? Connor Sherry does nothing to help with scoring help on the third line. Fine, we'll put you back up on the top line. For the third plays period. A little bit better, <laughs> but falls down every single time. That was the complete idea of Connor Sherry from 2016 to 2017 is, well, when you're not on Crosby's wing, you're not going to be good. But when you're on Crosby's wing, you're going to be good, but you're probably going to fall down a lot. And maybe eventually you'll make a play. That was him. In game four. All of it just condensed into one game. What uh, what were your thoughts on Hornquist this series? I'm a guy that's very hard on Patrick Hornquist because I'm not, uh, I don't see his purpose on this team a whole lot. But he was one of the better playing Penguins in the, in the series. He actually gave a shit. He did what yeah. he usually does, but guess what? Montreal wasn't biting in game four. He was trying. Every time nope. he was out there and the whistle blew, he gave a forearm shiver to somebody's chest, even if it was crybaby yep. Ben Sherratt. He was going out there trying to draw penalties. Claude Julien had his team ready for that. They didn't bite. Penguins didn't get a power play off of anything that Hornquist really did, and he played well. He almost scored a goal in game four, hit it off the post with a nasty shot from yeah. a bad angle. The goal he had in game three is probably one of the better goals that I've actually seen him score. It's probably one of the farthest goals away from the net that he's ever scored. Yeah. So I, I liked the way he played. Now, conversely, Jake Gensel was 100% neutralized. Yeah. I mean, it was going to be hard for him to get to game speed immediately. We needed to get past this round for him to be full Jake Gensel again. You're coming off of an injury to of your shoulder, so you were already off the ice for a couple months. Add a quarantine onto that. He was gonna come in cold, no matter how not no matter how much training we gave him. But I feel like he was gonna come in cold regardless, and we had to get past this series at least for him to be a full 100 gameplay ability. Could he have played better? Absolutely. Not gonna say he wasn't, you know, terrible. 
but I'm not going to say he was great either. I'm just going to say he was fairly neutral for what I expected of him, at least. As far as Jake Gensel's concerned, I think that he was fairly decent in this series. He's pedestrian to me is the reason that I really like to call him out a little bit in this series. And I was out on the porch trying to calm down yesterday, still from the game. And I was reading a book. It was Gordy Howe's autobiography. And there was a line in there that I highlighted because it's the exact reason that Jake Gensel was pedestrian in the series. The exact reason that in games three and four, Sidney Crosby wasn't able to really find space or have any great opportunities. And it, it goes like this, quote, being effective on the ice is a function of how much room you have to maneuver. The more room you get, the more games you can help your team win. That's why Jake Gensel and Sidney Crosby did not do more in games three and games four. Jake Gensel, the entire series, he had three points, but again, a pedestrian three points, if you ask me, including an empty net goal. They didn't have space. And you know what? Kudos to Dano, to Tatar, and to whoever's on their right side. I'm sorry, I can't remember who's on the right side of that first line. But they did exactly what we thought they would do. We, they, everybody said, you know what? They're a shutdown line. Can they neutralize the Pens' top line? And we're saying they can neutralize them as much as they want. They're still going to be a factor. And then Malkin's line is going to go out and just eat somebody apart. Well, Dano's line neutralized Crosby's line more than I expected. And Malkin's line did not score as much as I expected. And now you see what happens. The Pittsburgh Penguins are going to be playing golf. And the Montreal Canadiens are going to be playing the Philadelphia Flyers, which we'll get to. Yeah, and that's why I'm wearing a golf hat, because we're on the links, and, well, you got a, you got a little bit of time left. You're going to have some autumn golfing, which, hey, you know what? It's very nice in Pittsburgh. I'll say that. I played on the golf team for a couple years, and we only golfed in fall, and it was kind of nice. It's not where you want to be. No, especially the fact that you lost in the qualifying round. And kudos to the 12 seeds, because the Oilers also lost. I'm not mad at that one, So, John from the Oil Country Podcast is in the exact same place that we're at right now. So, I mean, shout out to him for being as miserable as us probably right now. But, any last thoughts? I'm glad I got all this off my chest. I'll start there. Yeah, do Um, you feel a little bit better now? Is this, like, therapy for you? I've written a story on it, and I popped off a little bit. I purposely didn't go on the after hours last night so I could have my first reactions in front of a microphone Nobody went on the after hours last night. I felt so bad because I I passed out, and there was only four people on there all night. I was also very tired. They started it later than normal. Oh, well. We'll um, be on the next one. Sorry, Isha yeah. and Dylan. Going forward, I mean, we're going to have a lot of off-season stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is dropping before we know if we're getting the number one pick. I said before I didn't want it. I'm starting to change my mind on <laughs> it because um, everyone talking about this window, and I put parentheses or quotations around window because I saw a piece that said, does this window actually exist at all for anyone? Like, in sports? which is a fairly interesting question that I want to dig into myself at some point and go on from there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I'm starting to come around to that idea if we were to get it. Um, I just think it would make for a, we would, there'd be some very strange moves that would have to be made because you figure if he comes in hot and is a very good player, we don't have the cap room for that. We do for the first couple years. He'll be signed at league men. But after that, Ugh. <laughs> After that, Crosby can take the grandpa contract, like seven point eight million instead. Of and at that point too, I mean, not to throw it out there, but at that point too, Malkin's contract is up. There, I said it. <laughs> that's that's far down the road, and that's also that assuming that we win the draft lottery. So let's get into that a little bit now. Moving on to the off season, I mean, as this comes out on Monday tonight, 
There's the phase two of the NHL draft lottery. The Penguins have a 12.5% chance at the first overall pick, which presumably Alexi Lafreniere. Supposed to be all worldly, generational talent. People use that phrase way too often now. But he's supposed to be a really good winger. Yes. From Ramuski. So the storyline's there. I'll take it. (laughs) It's already fun, right? Mm -hmm. Listen, looking at the eight teams that have lost in the qualifying round, whoever he goes to, they're going to be a contender because they're already, well, first of all, they're already in the top 24. Second of all, the amount of underdogs that won. Imagine if he goes to Edmonton. The only team I don't want him to go to is the Florida Panthers and maybe Uh, Nashville. I, okay, I definitely don't want him to go to Nashville. I don't want him to go to Edmonton. Screw that. Sorry, John. Why? But Florida, I think, would be fun. I think that'd be interesting. Maybe that gives them some attention. I don't know. Let's start there. But everyone knows Barkov is one of the most, if not the most underrated player in the league. Let's let's give him a part let's give him a buddy who like is gonna have a lot of attention going in there's something fun i forget who it was put in the slack chat that the most perfect situation would be him getting drafted by florida and then moving to quebec mm-hmm. okay that's a possibility uh who else is lost who else am i missing here i i don't have that in front of me but i'm trying to think uh winnipeg which i mean they technically had won the pick already so they could have a chance at him. You also have Minnesota, Minnesota, who has a chance at him. So there's, there's, there's some, some decent storylines in here. The Rangers could get him, which Kako, Lafreniere, Panarin, Zibanejad, that'd be fun to watch in Broadway yeah. an original six team. So there's a couple of different storylines that we can look forward to, at least with the Lafreniere stuff. If the Penguins don't end up getting that, which of course, there is an 87.5% chance that they don't oh, get is a there? La- Alexi Lafreniere. <laughs> is there an 87 Okay. I mean, th- that's... That's math. That's, that's math, math for you. But if they don't, considering they were the highest-seeded team to lose in the play-in rounds, they'll drop to the 15th pick, which they will possibly still have. Because in the conditions of the Jason Zucker trade... The Penguins didn't phrase it as whether or not we make the playoffs. They phrased it as, if it is a lottery pick between picks 1 and 15, we have the option to either take that pick or defer. Clearly, Jim Rutherford's going to take the pick this year at 15, other than defer it to next year when hopefully it's later. So I feel like they're going to get 15th overall and in a draft class that's going to be really good, apparently. They're going to get a good player anyway to add to Poulan, Legere, Joseph. Just keep trying to help stockpile all of those prospects so either way i think it's still a decent consolation whether or not they take lafreniere or they get the 15th overall pick yeah i'm not mad at that i mean 15's good i'll take that dear god don't trade it away again this year i know we have a habit we have a bad habit of just trading away our first round pick all the time every year no this is a year we need to keep it this is a year we have to hold on to it if at all possible I know we did originally trade it away for uh, Zucker, but I mean, I didn't know the stipulations, conditions, stipulations, mm-hmm. all that. So that's good to know now. It's that it's still kind of in our hands. Good. Keep it. Hold on to it. Dear God, I don't care if it's the 31st overall pick. <laughs> Hold on to it. Something. Just have a first round pick under your belt again this year so we have something to talk about. Yeah. Rather than, well, here's another guy we traded for a first round pick that has done nothing. Cool. Moving off of that, though, I mean, like I said, I'm coming around to the idea of having Lafreniere if we were to get it, or 15, 
whoever that could be. It's supposed to be a deep draft. That'd be fun. Give us something to talk about. Let's talk about cap issues in a couple years. That sounds like a lot of fun, too. <laughs> can never say no to a top 15 draft pick. I can't even remember the last time. Was Crosby actually the last time the Penguins picked in the lottery? Unless it was the year, Ooh. his first year, because they missed the playoffs. But other than that, I the last time they picked in the lottery, because they, one, don't have first over or first round picks very often. Two, have not been that low in the seating very often. So that's something to look into after we get off the air here. Yeah. But one other thing I wanted to mention before we, we moved on to talking about the playoffs is the upcoming free agents for the Pittsburgh Penguins, like I mentioned earlier. We'll get into this on a future episode in another segment of the three M's must sign, maybe sign mm-hmm. and move on. Might as well tell you who's the free agent as of right now. Restricted free agents, Matt Murray, Tristan Jari, Yusa Rikola, Dom Simone, Sam Lafferty, Anthony Angelo, Jared McCann, and Evan Rodriguez. Unrestricted free agents, ones that don't have any ties to the Penguins as of now. Connor Sherry, Patrick Marlowe, and thank God Justin Schultz is the last person on this list because he will not be Ooh. coming back to the Pittsburgh Penguins. We sure hope not. Yeah, well, we exactly. We sure hope not. Anything else that you want to say about the state of the Pittsburgh Penguins following their devastating four-game series loss to the 12-seeded Montreal Canadiens? Do better. I want to be excited about hockey again. No, don't get me wrong. I'm going to enjoy watching hockey going forward. Mm-hmm. I'm going to plant my flag into a team. It's just not going to be the same sort of excitement. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned, that Justin Bieber video got me really sad. <laughs> like It did. Is this the worst series loss in the Crosby era? It might be, because this is the one where everything was going our way. The highest seed that's not in a round-robin tournament against the literal lowest seed that was a game away from not making it. To a 24-team playoff. Yeah. If Buffalo and Montreal, that was, they were supposed to play each other, weren't they? Mm-hmm. If, if Buffalo would have won that, they would have been in over Montreal. That's how close Montreal was to not making it. Also, if we would have not beaten the New Jersey Devils in the last game of the regular season, they would have been in. So a lot of very close to not being in for the Canadians. I mean, we were coming in healthy. We were coming in. Yeah, we were coming in bad, but nah, we're still the Penguins, right? We have Crosby and Malkin. Screw it. We're not that bad. But, you know, we loaded up with who we thought we were going to be loading up with. Sherry. Marlowe. Okay, that's it. Because uh, Rodriguez didn't play. Zucker. Zucker we had for a little bit, though. I feel like we got a feel of him. like a, For about a month before the trade deadline, yeah. Yeah, like we had him. We had him for a few more games than you can literally count on two hands how many games Marlowe played with us. Is his future still in the NHL? Ooh, who knows? Is it with us? Who really knows? I don't want to talk about that at the moment. But I just think this was the most, maybe not the worst loss, series loss in in the Crosby era. It is definitely the most depressing, for sure, because we had all this time off, all this buildup of, hey, we got hockey coming back. The Penguins are coming back, finally, a week later, and we're gone. We're done. That was just sad to watch and depressing. So it may have been the most depressing one to watch. I don't know about worst. Maybe. I'm going to say most surprising. If I had to put a tag definitely on it, it's definitely surprising. the most surprising performance of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Playoff. In the in playoffs in the Crosby era, yeah, I'd say most surprising. I think last year was way worse just because you had Phil Kessel. You thought you had 
Matt Murray playing at the top of his game. You were playing well going into the playoffs and then to just get swept and embarrassed by the New York Islanders. That I think was a little bit worse of a series, but surprising. Yes. I'll give the Montreal Canadiens that and We'll talk about their upcoming matchup with the Philadelphia Flyers, the number one seed, which if this weekend couldn't have gotten any worse for Penns fans, Philadelphia nabbing the one seed just did not help at all. But back to the Pittsburgh Penguins, just to close it out. I mean, it's a disappointing season. It's hard to evaluate because of all the crazy shit that happened throughout the course of the season. Like, it feels like we've covered this team for more than one year. But for the Hockey Podcast Network, we've only covered this team for one season now. <laughs> that is the end of our first season covering them for the Hockey yeah, Podcast Network. So it's it's weird. Bittersweet, man. <laughs> we'll, yeah. We'll take stock into it. We're going to talk about it, of course, over the coming weeks. We previewed this series for four weeks. Maybe five. And we talked about it even earlier. But we yeah. previewed it hardcore for about four weeks for it to be over in one so depressing yeah. like i said I, I don't know if it's the worst it's like worst statistically worst numbers what it is the most depressing yeah for sure like yeah there's no upside to that loss like an upside to the islanders loss was at least like you lost to a very good team that went and got swept in the next round god montreal please don't get swept by philadelphia that would just be embarrassing twice as much yeah I mean, but, like, at least when you look at the Islanders, it's like, they were a good team, though. You know, you can name Jordan Eberle. You can name Matt Barzell. Are you saying Montreal's not a good team? I'm saying Montreal's a terrible team. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't I not just say they were a game away from not making it? That's true, but this is, like, it's, it's a restart, man. You can't just take that much stock into it. The only team that has looked like they did at the end of that season is Philadelphia, and I, I need to stop bringing them up because it makes me sad every time. But Mark Madden said they're winning the cup. Who? Mark Madden. The super genius. Screw, screw Mark Madden. I really hey, so he, hey, at least you know who the Flyers aren't going to do it now because yeah. Mark Madden said it. That's true. The only way it would be even easier us. is if uh, Filipponi said it. So, uh, I'll talk to him. <laughs> Go but ahead, though. as we move on here on the tip of the iceberg, episode 71, episode of Genny Malkin, who had no goals in that opening series. 21 shots. 21, 21 shots. shots. But as we move on here, we are going to discuss the playoffs after this quick break. And then a little bit later, we will have the Pens poll and our second ever shout outs and call out segment. Bring it on back here to the tip of the iceberg. This episode of the tip of the iceberg is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Got a crazy bush? I may not be a contractor, but even I know that if you trim your hedges, your tree stands taller. This is why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, featuring advanced skin-safe technology to keep your soldier polished and cut free. If you're like me and like to handle this kind of business in the shower, the Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof and features an LED light, so even guys as blind as I am can see what they're doing. If you are listening to me, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and you too can experience it firsthand. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THPN at manscaped.com. Again, that's code THPN for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Trust me, your balls will thank you. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team, 
in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky. I'm here with Nick Horwood. As always, for the last 40 minutes, we've been talking Pittsburgh Penguins, just kind of dissecting the series against the Montreal Canadiens, what went wrong, what could have gone right, and where we go from here. Of course, in the coming weeks, we'll get a little bit more into detail of where the Pittsburgh Penguins can go from here. But let's shift our focus a little bit to the rest of the playoffs. And first of all, Horwood, what did you think about this play-in and round-robin structure? In the past week, we've had more than enough hockey. I guess probably not more than enough. I could even watch more. But from noon to midnight every day on the East Coast, hockey pretty much the whole time. What did you think of this setup? I'm not going There were some days I thought I needed a break. Where I was like, I'm going to skip this game and do something. As for the setup, though, I think it was if you're the diehardest of diehard hockey fans, this was your cup of tea. You loved it. I liked it. I'm not going to say I didn't like it. I found so many, like, broadcast issues though because it i get it i get it it's hard doing this all from a thousand miles away but they were just so some of them were just so obvious and even i was like can we fix this like there's no reason why a whistle should be going and then playing again backwards there's no reason why all these sounds should be reversed just broadcast issues left and right that i get i'm glad we didn't have to see mike milberry's face because they didn't do the whole in studio cam because they're in connecticut but I did enjoy it. Like I said, I just had to take some games off because, dear God, it is a lot of hockey to take in at once. Um, and the round robin games, definitely, I didn't watch any of those, I think. <laughs> just because they're in. If the Penguins were in the round robin, I'd be watching them. But, I mean, I just didn't watch the round robin games. I may have watched a couple minutes of one or two. Definitely watched highlights. But, no, it was an interesting format. I keep seeing tweets of people saying that we should keep it. Hell no. Nope. This was fun for this season. If you want to do one play-in, like an MLB wild card, dude, I hate the MLB wild card, so I'm against that already. Yeah. So, no. There's nothing wrong. Listen, unless you're talking about seeding, there's nothing wrong with the normal NHL playoffs. Nothing. Exactly. I mean, the breakdown of 16 teams, cool. Some people were saying, like, well, most of the teams should make the playoffs. No, they shouldn't. It's the best of the best going as each other, not every friggin' team. Listen, if this tournament would have happened right after the season, Montreal and Chicago had no business being in, in that tournament. They would not have fared the same that they did now. But the fact that they got four months off and it was basically a fresh start for everybody, yes, they could. And that the fact that they also had a month to prepare for the Pittsburgh Penguins, that's why. They on themselves. Yeah. So, I like this format for this year. After this, go back to the normal Stanley Cup you playoffs. Have to. So, yeah. I enjoyed it. I like you mentioned, I didn't watch too much of the round robin games. I watched the Bruins Caps game earlier today as we're recording this on Sunday. And realistically, I think I watched one other one and it was a Vegas game. I think it was the Vegas Dallas game that was crazy, the first one. So, that was okay. The play in rounds were fantastic. It was great hockey, lots of suspense. Lots of good overtime games. I mean, Toronto and Columbus had enough Ooh. entertainment value for everybody. Connor McDavid had nine points in four games, so he played really well, but still lost, so maybe they should try to get a team around him next year. And Wayne Gretzky's record stays intact. <laughs> exactly. And also, even the Carolina series, it was interesting. It was good yeah. hockey. So I yeah. like the way that that went. 
and I'm excited to see how the playoffs strap up now that we're into the actual Stanley Cup playoffs. It's one thing that I'm a little upset that Philadelphia is the number one seed, but oh well. Boston, how mad do you think Boston has to be? And and St. Louis, who they are just starting their game against Dallas to determine the three seed. Imagine if both number one seeds end up finishing as the four seed after the round robin. Screw it, I'll take it. Screw Boston. I like that. <laughs> I mean, Boston's probably kicking themselves. What, what were the issues they were having going in? Like, Pasternak, Pasternak wasn't, wasn't going to play. Rask wasn't practicing. Somebody else on their team, Andre Kasha, was not practicing. Other players were banged up. It was weird. They could not get their full roster out there for a practice. So, I mean, luckily for them, this is basically practice. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the round robins I didn't watch because it wasn't, like, needed hockey, but... Mm-hmm. Um, if Boston falls apart, I'm not mad. If Philly wants to fall apart, I won't be mad. <laughs> um, but no, like it's I did enjoy the round ro- or the uh, playing games. A lot of fun. Don't do it in the future. As for going forward, yes, the playoffs are about to be really exciting. Yeah, let's go down through what as of right now because, like I mentioned, they're just starting that Dallas and St. Louis game. So as of right now, let's go down through the playoff matchups in the first round. Of course. We actually have a playoff bracket challenge for you guys to join. Visit us on our Twitter page at Iceberg Podcast. Go to the pinned tweet and join our bracket challenge. Take on me and Horwat and see if you can predict the craziness that is going to be the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs, at least the final 16 teams of the playoffs. Join us. See if you can beat us. It, unfortunately, we don't have a prize. We did give away a Tristan Jerry signed puck last week. We don't have a prize for this one, but hey, Bragging rights is sometimes better than any prize you can get. So join us at Bracket Challenge. Like I said, visit the pinned tweet at Iceberg Podcast to join. But let's talk about the first round matchups that we know so far. We've been mentioning it a lot. Flyers-Habs. Do you think the Habs have enough magic to shut down this Flyers team that went 3-0 in the round robins and won every game by only giving up one or two goals? Boy, I hope so. (laughs) Boy, I hope so. Um, Honestly, though, I haven't taking a lot of stock into watching you know the Flyers play so I don't know what what exactly they look like I mean some of the stuff I've seen seemed really good the only thing Spittin' Chicklets ever talks about is Kevin Hayes I mean Kevin Hayes was fantastic in two of those three round robin games so cool um I I just want to see what the rest of the team can do I don't know is Shane Gossespierre still kind of bad now no (laughs) he's actually been playing really well in these play round robin games as well so I mean it's all really right now looks like it's coming together for the Flyers but also Who knows how much effort some of these teams put into the round robin. Not to take anything away from the Flyers, but a best of seven and a round robin are two completely different things, especially when you consider the round robin had regular season overtimes. So we'll see what they can do. I think the Habs are going to need to do everything they did against Pittsburgh and more if they're going to beat the Philadelphia Flyers. I think the Flyers are more stout in net with Carter Hart from what I've seen has looked really good in these playoffs show me it in a seven game series that's all i'm gonna say if he does okay shut me up that's fine so the habs are gonna need carry price to also be like he was in game one for at least three games in this series yeah and i think it's i definitely do think it's possible because i mean carter hart's gonna be a phenomenal goalie and like you said the flyers look good it's and like i said before the montreal's not that great of a team Better than the Penguins this year, but uh, we're not going to continue to talk about that. Let's move on to a matchup that is not yet set as we sit here and speak right now. Tampa Bay finished in that two seed. They will be taking on the winner of Game 5 later on tonight, Toronto versus Columbus. 
Hopefully, either we see the rematch from last year's first round in Columbus versus Tampa Bay, or we get to see blue and white v. blue and white, Toronto, Tampa. Let's see those two teams and see who can play defense first. I want to say Tampa can take them both, but you can't take Tampa anymore. Judging by what they did last year, and they might play that same team again, or they may play the Leafs coming in hot. If they play the Leafs, Tampa's winning. I think that. I get Toronto be coming in hot, but at the same time, are you really? You kind of, you did blow a three-goal lead. Let's not forget that. Yeah, you made it up, but you did blow a three-goal lead. And you're also, I get they're two very good goalies in Merce Lincolns and Corp Salo, but they're not like these career-built goalies yet. So if you're losing to them, that's not good. But, I mean, who knows? You're playing against a John Tortorella team. I think I think the Lightning can take the Leafs, but might have issues with Columbus because they did. <laughs> but also the Lightning might just have issues because it's the Lightning in the playoffs and Victor Hedman's hurt. Yeah, and Stamkos is still hurt. For game one. So it, it, for a team that, or for a tournament that everybody was supposed to be healthy, the Tampa Bay Lightning have done their darndest to not be healthy. So They look like us, man. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with Tampa Bay. I mean, I believe that, Honestly, I believe they could beat either of those teams. The whole thing is going to be the head game. Can you get over those playoff demons that you've had the past year, past couple seasons, maybe? But that's going to be a good series regardless. The next couple series that are set are going to be very good. And that is the three-seeded Washington Capitals versus the New York Islanders. Barry Trotz versus his old team. That's going to be an interesting series. And then Bruins versus Hurricanes, I think, is going to be a fantastic series. That is four versus six. Boston, who has struggled in this round robin versus the Hurricanes, who did anything but struggle in the qualifying round. I think the Canes have a very good shot of upsetting the Bruins in that first round. I'm in full agreement with that. I think the Hurricanes can go fairly far in this playoffs, actually. They just have to beat Boston, which isn't hard to do at the moment, but it's still something you have to do, and it is still the Boston Bruins, so they're a good team. So I think the Canes can do it. That'd be fun. That'd be great. What was the other series? The Islanders and the Capitals. Any series with the Islanders seems boring, first of all. Listen, I enjoyed a lot of those games against the Panthers. More than I thought I would. So them against the Capitals, I could see myself enjoying that series. Yeah, I mean... Especially if the Islanders are winning. Sorry. I mean, hey, you're not wrong. It's. <laughs> I would have to give my hand to the Capitals, though, there. I don't know why. I just feel that... Oh, wait, they don't have Samson off. No, but Braden Holpe has played. But Braden Holpe is playing good. Yeah, Braden Holpe is playing like Braden Holpe should be. Mm-hmm. Um, oof, can, can that that one might go seven? Who knows? Mm, Listen, I it, thought a lot of these qualifying it. rounds would have gone seven or five games. Most of them went four. One went five. Okay, I'm wrong in that aspect, but that's why I'm not picking on Mike anymore. I'm picking on Bracket Challenge on NFL.com. Yeah, I, so I go should join that again. Uh, that's what I should hold on to too. But I just. There are some that you feel certain about, you just say it. This one I don't feel certain about, really. Mm-hmm. I say seven, then I immediately take it back because I realize Ovechkin going against uh former teammate. Uh, the name is escaping me. The goalie. The goalie. Wait. Varlamov. Where at? Oh, Varlamov. Varlamov. Going against former teammate Simeon Varlamov. I mean, hey, man. I get his former teammate from like 10 years ago. <laughs> 10 plus. But... You know what? Man, see? All right. It's going to take a lot of thinking. My official predictions will probably be on that 
bracket challenge. Uh, cause that's a hard one. Yeah. That's going to be a hard one. You want to move over to the Western conference right now? Yes, because I got them. You Where's got them. I got the, them. For, I have Colorado. For everybody that is listening to this, which is most <laughs> yes. of you, he has a Colorado Avalanche practice jersey, or is that is that a road jersey? It is an old kids like giveaway jersey that <laughs> Megan found at a uh, thrift store in New York. <laughs> it is the oddest thing. I said I want it. I don't care if it doesn't fit. It's a cool looking thing. Do I think? I don't even know. If- it's Joe Sackick. <laughs> Joe Sackick jersey. So you're going with the Colorado Avalanche. You think they can go far, and that's that's somebody that you believe can go the whole way. They're who I'm sticking my flag in, yes. They're who <clears throat> you're sticking your flag in. So you're you're backing the Colorado Avalanche, correct? Yes. I want I want them to be so good. I love Nathan McKinnon. I think they have a great young team. That goaltending, questionable, again. But they've played fairly well so far, so... I'm going to be back. Who do they play right now? Who, do the we Colorado have that? Avalanche will play the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Ah, I keep doing that. They're playing the Arizona Coyotes in the Kachinas. So it'll be Avs, Yotes. Good series. We'll see Very if Darcy Kemper can shut them down. That's going to be the big matchup. Can Darcy Kemper do what he did against Nashville? Because he faced over 50 shots in that fourth game. And he shut them down. I mean, let that goal in with a couple seconds left. Oh, well. Comes back, they win it in overtime. He still played fantastic. He's the reason they won that game. So you're going with... I'm going to still take Colorado there. You're yeah. sticking It'll your be... flag in the Colorado Avalanche. You know what? I like what you did there. So what I'm going to do... Oh, is... oh, we're going... oh, we're going for a wardrobe I'm going to drop it down change. here and say oh, I'm going with the hiding. Vegas Golden Knights. That's who I'm going with. The boys at the weekly, nightly podcast probably appreciate that. So I'm sticking my flag... With the Golden Knights, I think they have a primed position to run the whole way through the Western Conference, mainly because they got that number one overall seed. So now they get to play the Blackhawks, who, yes, are hot. Secondly in that series, Robin Leonard is going to play the Blackhawks, who traded him away three months ago. <laughs> or sit on the bench and watch his former team while Mark nah, Andre nah, steals listen, the series. <laughs> Leonard's going to start in that series. As much as I love Flurry, Flurry is going to be the backup in these playoffs. But, yeah. Golden Knights, Blackhawks, going to be a good series. But also, if they can continue to win, they get the lower seed. Imagine if, hypothetically, Coyotes beat the Colorado Avalanche. Okay, Golden Knights get the Coyotes, or they get the Flames, or they get the Canucks. They get the lowest seed possible throughout the rest of the Western Conference. That's why I'm going to probably stick my flag with the Vegas Golden Knights. You can expect that on my bracket challenge. That's going to be a good matchup. And then, of course, whether... Dallas or St. Louis wins determines who's the three or four seed. Whoever gets the three seed, whoever wins that matchup, will go up against the Calgary Flames. Who made me eat everything. (laughs) Um, We can talk about that in a minute, but go ahead. Whoever loses that game will play the Vancouver Canucks. Now, go ahead. Oh, yeah. The Flames made me eat my words, eat my shit, eat everything. My (laughs) God. They said, we're not even going to put Riddich in and we're still going to win. Okay, way to go. Next time, make sure Shifley stays in the whole series. I'm kidding. I I know that was I I that wasn't on purpose. Um, that that was a complete accident. Shit happens. Um, but yeah, I guess they're going with Cam Talbot going forward. I still don't know why. Dave Ridge, I believe, is the better goalie, unless I'm misreading something entirely. I mean, hey, the Flames look good. I want the Flames to be good. I really do. I like the Flames a lot. It's just you got to make good goaltending decisions, mm-hmm. i.e. Mike Sullivan. I mean, <laughs> we know what it's like. you got to put the better goalie in. And when you don't, you usually lose. 
Mm-hmm. Whichever way those theories go, I mean, whether it's Dallas versus Calgary, whether it's St. Louis, Calgary, or conversely, either of those two teams against the Canucks, they're going to be good. I think we're going to have a really good first round this year. It almost seems like the first round this year feels like second rounds of years past where these are the matchups we were excited for. These are going to be close. These are going to be teams that are going to bring really good games. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the entire playoffs. Sucks that the Pittsburgh Penguins aren't in it. But I mean, hey, you can't win it every year. And now we're we're far enough away from those 16 and 17 championship years where I think you need to reestablish yourself as a playoff team. Otherwise... I don't see why anybody should take you seriously as a Stanley Cup contender. I mean, yes, you have Crosby. Yes, you have Malkin. But not even making it to the first round this year. Not winning a game in last year's playoffs. Not playing all that great against Washington in 2018. I think you need to reestablish yourself if you're the Pittsburgh Penguins. Any last thoughts on the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs as we sit here today? It's going to be exciting. Like I said, it'll, it won't be as fun, but it'll be exciting. Like hey. We won't get those pops of joy, but you know what? Maybe I'll... Maybe by the time the first round's over, I'll be the most diehard Avalanche fan you've ever seen. <laughs> Listen, screw the Avs, man. Let's go Golden Knights, baby. Yes, that is a Marc-Andre Fleury jersey. Yes, I'm a stereotypical uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh Vegas fan. But yes, I'm pulling for I get the Vegas it. Golden Knights. It's for, for the first time ever, I'm like, the Golden Knights are a great team. <laughs> hey, I mean, Mark Stone is great. Shea Theodore, holy crap, that kid yeah. is so good and so good at a young age as well. Remember when Nate Schmidt was their best defenseman? Yeah. Like, like I said, like for, for the first time ago. ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, for the first time ever, I am backing the – not backing, but, like, I am about the Golden Knights now. The first season, I didn't – not that I didn't want them to be good. I wasn't expecting them to be good. No one was. Nobody was. I was – I was counting them out the first like the first chance I had every time because they were the new team. Then they go to the Stanley Cup Finals, make me eat my words, like a lot of teams do. Second year, I mean, God, listen, I, I was backing them then, and they should have won that series. <laughs> but this one, I'm really getting on them to go far. I think if things work out the correct way, it could be our two teams here in the Western Conference Final. That's a very good possibility, and if that's the case, you better believe I'm having AJ on, and we'll have the guys from Offside by Mile on, and we'll, we'll break it down. We'll figure it out, yeah. We'll figure it out, but I, I, I'm, like I said, I'm back in Vegas. You're back in Colorado. Nothing wrong with either of those picks. Obviously, neither of us are probably going to back anybody in the Eastern Conference. I'd like to see Toronto do well, but I don't know about that. Maybe Cal- or Carolina. I mean, I'm wearing their yeah. shirt from last year, Yeah, I would, that'd be fun. I wouldn't hate Carolina. I just, mm, as long as it's not Columbus. I feel like they get. The, I feel like they just get a little. Just their social media is irritating. That's the only. As reason. long as it's nothing I to do with the players. Yeah, I said this before. As long as it's none of the Eastern teams in the in the round robin, or Montreal, I don't yeah. think I really care that much. <laughs> well, that was our discussion on the remainder of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm sure we're going to talk about it a lot. Like I mentioned earlier, join our bracket challenge. You can visit that at the pinned tweet at our Twitter page at Iceberg Podcast. And as we've done the past couple of weeks, we're going to give you a preview of a different show here on the Hockey Podcast Network. This week, we're giving you an exclusive look into the house of Hockey Podcast. Hey, hockey fans. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo and then we had a checklist. 
of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of like, <laughs> you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. You get a phone call. He's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. I started playing the like, dun, 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 and I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on. <laughs> I wonder who, who he should have checked over here. <laughs> and then <laughs> I looked down at my favorite Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 rings in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. <gasps> no, it does not. <laughs> I think it does. But we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I hope everybody enjoyed that quick preview of the House of Hockey podcast. Go check those guys out anywhere you get your podcasts from Breezy and Ray Ray. They have people that are reporting on the NHL. They have people that have played in the NHL. They have people that are fans of the NHL. They do it all, and they do it all perfectly, so go check those guys out. We have a couple more things to talk about here before we let you go on this week's episode of the Tip of the Iceberg. First and foremost, we have our Pens poll, which is NHL bubble-related, so the Penguins can just ignore this conversation. But the question was, which activity would you be doing if you were in the bubble? Gaming. Came in second with 33%. Napping won with 36%. Playing Absolutely. other sports got 24%. Other got 7%. And some of the comments we got, Polly Cupcakes from the official Caps Chirp podcast said, ripping darts. And if you are a child and don't understand what that means, he means smoking. And the Quack Report pod also on the Hockey Podcast Network, they said we'd be watching John Gibson highlights, of course. Well, they are good highlights, so I can I understand it. I approve of Johnny Whitehall highlights. Uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh boy. Yeah, watch watch some Gibson highlights. Hell yeah, I'm about that. Uh, I think gaming is a very obvious choice. Sleeping, also another one. Shit, they put a separate Wi-Fi connection just for players who want a game. Good. I mean, <laughs> that shit's taking over so many, like, off ice, off field even. Like, it's in every sport. Everyone has gamers now. I got to get used to saying gamers are professional athletes, don't I? <laughs> Oh, yeah, they are. 100%. Yeah. That is a massive industry now, so you, yeah. you don't disrespect them. No, it's just... But, no, I think... I'd probably be gaming, too. Definitely a lot of sleeping. I think... Could you... I want to see the knee hockey battles out there. That's what I want to see. <laughs> I want to see professional hockey players in really get at it. Yeah. hotel? Yeah, just get in that hallway. Also, is there a TV crew in there? We need to recreate that old commercial. I mean, we if, can't really I'm now. sure Frost everyone knows gone. what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, do it before they leave. You got time, right? <laughs> Still there. I'm sure they're already gone. But I mean, if if you were in there, what would you be doing? I know I saw or heard on one of the broadcasts that one of the broadcasters accidentally the doors opened on the the Islanders floor and they were having an intense table tennis tournament in the middle of the hallway. So mm. that's an option. I know a lot of people said napping. That's what won our poll. What would you be doing if you were stuck in the bubble? Like I said, it'd be getting the knee hockey games going. Table tennis is fun. You can't explore, but I think 
I mean, they said they'd be able to bring in a lot of food for people if they wanted. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, I, if I mean, hell, if I had the opportunity, I'd be talking to chefs like, can I get back here and <laughs> whip up some stuff or whatever? Um, it's a hotel full of professional athletes. I'm sure there's plenty of things to do in there. Yeah. Um, I like the table tennis idea. Mentioned the knee hockey. Definitely video gaming. But you're trapped in a bubble. There's only so much you can do. It's like one of, it's like if you're going to be trapped on an island, what are you bringing with you? Like, that's essentially what this question is. And damn. I'm going to stick with my knee hockey, though, I think. You're going to stick with Just knee hockey? professional hockey players playing that would be incredible. Mm-hmm. And the Penguins, unfortunately, didn't get to the point where after 14 days... On your off days, you can get taken out and go golfing. Oh. Penguins didn't get to that point, and I don't know if I would. Listen, if I'm in the Stanley Cup playoffs and I have an off day, I don't know if I'm going and ripping 18 holes. I think Ooh. I'm relaxing at one of those gorgeous hotels in the hotel pool, or they had actual tennis courts we saw at the yeah. beginning of, of that. Basketball courts. Yeah, I'd be playing those. other sports. I'd be having fun, chilling with the boys. I'd be swimming. I'd be enjoying my food. I would just be relaxing. And then guess what? Going and playing the sport I love. So yeah. either way, I, I would probably also be napping. I'm not going to lie. I agree with most of our fans. But if I had to pick one thing that I would definitely be doing, I'd probably be playing other sports. That's why I included that in here. Probably so. crushing Netflix, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. You're definitely soaring through a couple movies. Sidney Crosby said he would be going through the entire series of Peaky Blinders. Clearly, he didn't have the time Oof. to do that. So let's finish that off again. Check out our weekly Pens poll every week. Our new one is up now, so go give it a vote, and we'll be discussing that on episode 72, episode Patrick Hornquist of the Tip of the Iceberg. One last segment here, and that is shout-outs and call-outs. We're not sure if we're going to continue to do this as the playoffs roll on. <laughs> it was mainly just for the Pittsburgh Penguins, but we might expand it, so tune in next week to see if we continue to do this. But, Horwat, I'll let you begin. Let's start with the good news. Shout-out. Who you shouting out this week? Oh, the only players that gave a damn on this team. Crosby, Rust, and Zucker, specifically. Because <laughs> I'm going to keep my Penguins so- focused this week. I know I didn't at all last week, but this time, just those three for actually giving a damn about the series, actually caring about this team enough to win. You know, And going forward, they're going to be great players for us, obviously. So um, those three for giving a damn and playing the best out of anyone on the team. My shout-out this week goes to Tristan Jari. Actually played fairly well in Uh his postseason debut. Yes, he did not get the win. Yes, he ended up losing the final game of the season. And the goal that he gave up, he was out of position. But other than that... It was the only goal he gave up. It was the only (laughs) goal he gave up. He played a fairly decent game. Didn't have too many chances against him. But again, the Brandon Gallagher save. Huge save and a huge moment. I liked what I saw from Justin Jari. I'm giving him the shout out. Better days to come for him. And no, please don't start singing that song that has been played 3,000 times so far in this playoffs. But yeah, shout out goes out to Tristan Jari. Call out. If you listen to the beginning of this show, you probably know who it's going for. My call out goes to Justin Schultz. It would have been Jack Johnson, but Jack Johnson sucks. We know he sucks. We expect him to suck. Justin Schultz we expected more of, and he was even worse than Jack Johnson. So Justin... Arrivederci, bud. You get my call out. You will never be a penguin again, hopefully. That is my hope. Horwat, who do you call out? I'm gonna take his, I'm gonna take the D partner there. I'll take Johnson for <laughs> all the things I said before and just by God, I'll let, let's buy out the contract, let's trade, let's do something. I mean 
figure something, something out there, JR. We figure don't want this guy here. And, of course, we got P.O. Joseph coming up next year, so it's not like you have too many holes to fill, guy. Come on. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I'll, if need be, I'll start thinking of trade options, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of us will going forward into the future. A lot of armchair GM from <laughs> Cap Friendly. But that is going to be it for this one. Don't forget to check out our sponsors at manscaped.com. Use the code THPN for 20% off and free shipping on products like the Lawn Mower 3.0 and their new Weed Whacker. So check them out, like I said, at manscaped.com. Also, a shout out to coolhockey.com slash THPN. Use code THPN for 30% off your new favorite NHL jersey, similar to the ones I have right behind me, including that Vegas one. Go Knights, go! You can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwat41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. Check that out for our bracket challenge, and please join us in our bracket challenge. I'd love to see who can beat me in picks, which honestly this year, probably not going to be that difficult. Be I'll, be, I'll be taking it seriously this year. The Penguins aren't in it. Yeah, exactly. You won't just put the Penguins because you expect them to win, which last year I, I expected them to win at least one series, but... I digress on that one. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from. Please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And just tune into the show overall. We appreciate any support you give us. We're brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Speaking of people who support us, you can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Every team, everywhere. It's going to be all right, Pens fans. Sit back, relax and watch some playoff hockey. Later, guys.